Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, June 12th, 2023. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by the biggest crew we've ever had on this show. Blessing Adeoye Jr. That's no moon, Tim. That's no moon, but that is some hype because it's Snowbike Mike. I'm here. Good morning, Tim. Thanks for having me. Is that the big daddy, Greg Miller? And the... And rounding out the group today, we have the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Thank you, Luis the Great, for four years of support, everybody. You'll love to see it. Of course, we are celebrating Summer Game Fest here at Kind of Funny. We just spent the weekend down in Los Angeles playing a whole bunch of cool games, seeing a whole bunch of behind-closed-doors demos. We're going to be talking about all of that later today live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames as well. Um, and every showcase that's happening, we've either already live reacted and you can go watch them or later today we will be doing Capcoms as well. But we're going to be using this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily to break down what we just saw at the Ubisoft Forward 2023. Of course, you can get this as a podcast on your favorite podcast service by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily and we will be right there for you. But while you're there, make sure you're subscribing to the Kind of Funny X-Cast for all of the latest and greatest on Xbox. P.S. I love you, XX xoxo for playstation and the kind of funny games cast for all general things and nintendo that's where that usually goes as well um i would like to give a major shout out to our patreon producer delaney twining for always supporting us and like specifically this week right being able to use the support that we get from patreon.com slash kind of funny to allow us to do all this really cool stuff go down to la and, and make some cool things happen you too can support over on patreon.com slash kind of funny to get the show ad free um and all of that stuff a bevy of bonus content including kind of feudy which is a fantastic weekly game show that we do so you definitely want to check that out um today we are brought to you by honey rocket money and i want to give a shout out to amazon gaming and summer game fest for partnering with us you can go to amazon.com slash summer game fest all summer long to discover the top new and upcoming games but i want to get into it real quick right now we're coming hot and fresh off of ubisoft forward their first live event in many many years it is time for some news thank you barrett thank you i love that uh, one story today <laughs> baker's dozen a baker's dozen i'm gonna go around like we always do and give a review of this showcase on the kind of funny scale why don't of you explain the five. scale for people who to, aren't Greg. new to the show thank you for asking um number one is a terrible terrible if you give it a one it's a terrible showcase. Number two, bad. Number three, okay. Number four, great. And number five, amazing. All right? We've been giving uh, these reviews out for every showcase we've seen the last couple days. Uh, Summer Game Fest averaged out to a four out of five. The Xbox Game Showcase, five out of five. Some pretty pretty great ones this this season. Uh, PlayStation Showcase a couple weeks ago. Like a two and a half-ish? Uh, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. So where are we feeling about Ubisoft Forward? Greg, I want to start with you for this one. Mm. Wow. I was hoping you won it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting one, and I think it's as always we have to wade into it and talk about what we're talking about. We're talking about the overall 
presentation and showcase, right? So it's both, yes, what did the games look like and how were those, but how was it as a presentation? Well, the one thing we talked about live with it, right, was, man, this is a presentation out of time. This does not feel like a modern-day press conference. This feels like, as somebody in the chat said, right, a 2013 E3 pres presentation uh, with 2023 games. Um, I think that drastically hurts it, right? If you're a developer watching it, I think there were a lot of great games here. Uh, but I went through when you were doing the intro and rounded up uh, what looks like we had. I have 14 bullet points on my thing here, timed out, right? And for me, there was four great, six okay, and four bad. So we're in the plus side of it, right? And I think I am counting in terms of like that. So I think overall, what I would say with this one is it was okay. We talk, That's a three out of five for us, right? I talk all the time about I love the okay because it can be like, Hey man, it was okay. That was good. That was great. Yeah, that was almost great. Or it's it's okay. Like it was fine. It was you don't you're not missing anything really. You could should, this is one of those ones where I would say, man, if you're interested in a specific game, go watch that. And like that you're gonna have to pick from the CG trailer or the presentation from the person, or then maybe the gameplay trailer, but maybe another CG like there's a lot of that going on. It was a fine showcase. I don't think in the grand scheme of things it's going to be a memorable showcase. I think there's memorable games in here. Fuck, we're going to talk about Star Wars Outlaws and how great that looked, right? We're going to sit here and be like, uh, I know Barrett really liked, uh, or Barrett was feeling Mirage. Uh, you know, I looked at it and there was cool things to it there at the end, but overall kind of Assassin's Creed, right? Uh, Prince of Persia, Lost Crown, Avatar. Like, there's great stuff in this presentation. Again, there's great games in here. But overall, the thing I was like, yeah, it's, it's fine. But I also don't walk away saying it was bad like I did with the PlayStation Showcase, where PlayStation Showcase meant something. Ubisoft Forward means something, and it's we're used to it being one of the ones that never competes, I feel, for you know the press conference of the show, who won E3. It's usually bloated. They have to put a lot of stuff in there. It's usually got bad pacing, and I think that's what's so sad about it, Tim, and I know I'm going long. I apologize. No, I love it. Is the fact that the pandemic, UB forwards, were done really well. They were produced really well. They got you the news and the information in a great fashion. You know, Yusef, was, of course, friend of the show, was a great host. So was the counterpart whose name Elam. is. Thank you. Uh, it was one of those where those worked really well. This didn't work really well. And so I'm here going like, eh, whatever. But not saying, oh, God, that was bad. Bless. Yeah, it's been interesting ranking each of the conferences because like you mentioned right I, for me on my personal ratings right the playstation showcase i gave a three out of five summer game fest i gave a four out of five and the xbox showcase i gave a five out of five and this one is going to be a two out of five for me right i think this year has really displayed what that range looks like from bad to good of what you can get out of a showcase and for me you know it's interesting and tough rating this one on a scale because I am talking about two different things and combining them into one with the showcase. One of them is the content. And I think when you're talking about the content of the showcase, the actual games on display here, I thought it was pretty okay. Like I, I had a good time for the most part. There are quite a few things here where I'm like, all right, I don't care about it. Like honestly for me, Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix, I know that's going to hit for some people. It didn't really hit for me. Skull and Bones having an appearance, talking about their closed beta. It's like, man, we just need to get this thing out. Like I did not enjoy sitting, sitting there for minutes watching this band do their thing right and they're doing a good job like you know the beatboxing was cool there are cool cool things there but i honestly just did not care at the end of the day about that content there and then i you know like you, you go on and it is assassin's creed nexus vr and assassin's creed jade and you know these things where for sure like greg's saying they're going to speak to a certain person but if 
some of these things don't speak for you, then it's going to feel like a drag. And for me, a lot of this showcase felt like a drag. Um, but on the other end, you had some really good good things there for content. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, I'd say, showed off really well. And, you know, jokingly at the, at the beginning of the showcase, I'm talking about how much I do not care about Avatar. I kind of want to check out that Avatar game. It looks like Far Cry with a different coat of paint on it. And I know, you know, based on how much you like Avatar, Tim, and based on, you know, how many big fans are of Avatar out there, jokingly, but also seriously, I'm sure there's something for me to get out of this game. Um, Prince of Persia, Lost Crown, continue to looks, to, continues to look incredible. You know, I am blown away. And that's another one where I'm coming into it. Not really a Prince of Persia fan. You know, I didn't grow up with that. The uh, the Lost Crown is selling me real hard. That looks like my type of game. I really want to play that. And then, of course, Star Wars Outlaws, I think, really shined even way more than what I expected out of the showcase. That looks like a that, that looks like Ubisoft knows what they has and they are putting everything they have into making sure that that game hits because it's Star Wars. It's important. This is one of the biggest IP they've worked on. Uh, they've worked with in, a, in quite a while and. It shows. It shows uh, in the care of what the cutscenes look like, how the world design looks like, how the art design looks like, how fun the gameplay looks. It looks like they are putting their foot in this thing, and I'm all about it. That said, on the opposite side of why this still comes down as a bad showcase for me, the production was really not good. You know, like uh, I believe you mentioned it during the show, Tim, that Ubisoft Forwards felt like a step forward for how video game showcases can be, especially when you're a publisher that, you know, you are working with what you got you're looking internally to go all right who are the faces that we can put in front of the audience that have the confidence that have that polish that know how to communicate what these games are and how do we produce this in a way that is concise that is clear that is not wasting time and i felt like felt like the ubisoft forwards of past really nailed that this ubisoft forward felt like a drag it felt like ubisoft backward it felt like it was going ubisoft backward right when you're talking about hey here's the trailer for a game all right, now we're going to have um, one of the devs talk about the game for quite a bit while, you know, having the game in the background of them. But we're also going to have some weird shots that, like, you know, are kind of out of focus that kind of leave too much headroom in some cases for some of these things. And then we're going to show an additional trailer. And it's like, do we got to do that for some of these? Do we have to do that for the Crew Motorfest? Like, I feel like we could have paced this thing way better. And I feel like there could have been a bit more, um, I, uh, just a bit better production because, yeah, like I think production a, was bad. Yeah, not a, a bit, like a lot more. Yeah, like <laughs> a lot of a lot of the talking on stage didn't didn't hit for me. Um, I think there could have been a lot better direction with it. And yeah, I think I think a lot of the production brought this thing way down. And so for me, I'm ending up on. I'm, uh, I think this is a bad showcase. I'm giving it a two out of five. Can I jump in real quick? Because I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, you said you you t- let off talking about you know you gave PlayStation Showcase three out of five. Yeah, you're giving this a two out of five. For you. Do you like the game? Do you, I, what I appreciate about the Ubisoft lineup we just saw was there was a lot of gameplay. Not everything, obviously. I'm not trying to say that. But there was gameplay for the... I'm not even going to say everything. There was, a, there was gameplay there. Whereas I feel like for PlayStation, one of the things that dragged it down, right, was the announcement of... was we've talked about on PS I Love You, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, we are all in on live services. Here's a whole bunch. And it's a teaser trailer. And it's this. And it's a CG trailer. And it's hey, it, like, it was just like, what the fuck are these games? You're not giving them identity. I at least appreciated here... Whether, you know, again, like Avatar is not my game, but they showed a lot of Avatar where it got you guys like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Wait. Like, I, I, I'm glad they did that. I appreciate that tactic, even though it was packaged poorly more than PlayStation's just, hey, tra- trailer, trailer, trailer. But no, all, all sizzle, no meat. Yeah. I think for, for me, looking at this versus the PlayStation Showcase, there were still games that I was excited about. From the first party side, like, yeah, there's a lot to, to dig into there in terms of them not showing gameplay for a lot of these games. Sure. But I still, like, you know, we still got Spider-Man. We got a lot of Spider-Man. Like, yeah, of course. Of a course. lot of good stuff out of that. There was some third party still uh, stuff there that was really cool. We got the announcement of, um, what's Metal the Gear. one that you love? 
um, Hell Divers. Hell, hell Divers, divers. Too, But right? again, even for me, well, I guess they did show gameplay. Yeah, yeah and then, yeah, we got, we got Metal Gear Solid in there, too. Like, I look at the content of that showcase, and I, you know, we're disappointed in that showcase, but it was still all right. Like, it was still, I would say it was still even good with what we got. We, we were just expecting something magnificent. It was a three based on expectations. Yeah. Um, but with, with this, I think even with the content we had, right, like, there were some hits. There were, for me, a lot of misses um, here as well. And even sure. having gameplay for those, even I mean, some of them are still misses even with the gameplay for me. And so I think that's where I still come down on it. Andy Cortez. Uh, I'm, I'm with Blessing. I'm giving this a two out of five. And not even the showings of Star Wars nor Avatar could bring that up to a three out of five for me. This felt like Rudy Giuliani at the Four Seasons total landscaping speech. Just It just looked awful damn <laughs> damn it's getting worse <laughs> it, it, it looked terrible i don't know like make this a direct we, we don't need uh devs up there like for that long trying to do the steve jobs i'm extremely confident and i'm a i'm a person of the people and here i am to kind of like like check this shit out like it's just it's so hard to do that and it's so it's totally okay if we go back to the direct style stuff with Neelam and Yusef and it's quick, it's faster paced and we're going to show what we might have a dev have a paragraph or two about why they're excited and why we should be excited. But it just felt like every title they were there to show off was the next coming of Christ. And it's like, well, we've seen these games before. Like there's not a whole lot here that looks brand new or super exciting. I thought, having the skull and bones music thing i agree with bless like it, music performance is okay but that's like it's just so out of place it's so out of time so out of place out of time um the again the production quality looked awful man like the the camera shots everything about it it's like this should have just been hey come to our studio yubi like you could do it here if you want or wherever like has like a good well LED. that's the sad thing they have their own studio uh, uh, yeah it's just i don't know it just felt like scarpino a, made it just felt like a he very, made this one. <laughs> it felt like a very big disappointment um and uh, you know the content i thought was fine and i know i gave the playstation showcase a two out of five but a lot of that is based on expectations and we were expecting before the pre-show having a lot of questions about so many of the first party studios and then when they don't show up, you go, God damn, well, this didn't feel like a showcase then with that many first party studios missing and with a lot of third party stuff. And again, CG trailers for multiplayer games that who knows if they'll be successful or not. This one just um, this is just like super underwhelming. And I, I thought it was like I thought it was not only an, a, I, I don't think the content was like super incredible either. I think Star Wars was by far the best thing that they showed. Sure. But when you're packaging it around and showing it in, I think, one of the worst presented ways possible, that's just going to bring it down. Like, I think about it. When, whenever we've been critical of, of Ubisoft's presentations of the past or anybody's presentations in the past, it's still good production levels. It's still good, good cameras and cool shots. And this really just felt like, again, we have some Logitech webcams that we are cutting to and maybe it's not framed well who cares it just felt very 
Konami. It, it felt very unprofessional. Oh my god. Oh my god, Greg. Oh yes, Konami E3 2010. That's it what felt this Konami was. About it. it felt like oh, you didn't shit. know what it, it felt like you didn't know what you're doing, and Ubisoft in the past has known what they're doing. Yeah, Andy, to your point about the what they're doing and how it looked before, how it looks now. Think about any just dance performance we've seen before compared to this. Ooh. The dancing's great. Yeah. But people that there's so much talent there. It's being shown with Logitech webcams, and that transition got us hyped, and then it was like, oh, they didn't do anything with it. It's like, mm. maybe you shouldn't have transitioned. Like, <laughs> I feel like we should have kept in the high, high production value stuff, because back when they were at the, I forget the theater, but the, um, the Oracle, Oracle Theater in um, L.A. Think about the set, there was everything. The, the beautiful theater, yeah. <laughs> they have stuff, people coming from the audience, and it felt great, like, all that stuff. You're so spot on there. Oh. Mike, what did you think? You know, you guys have said it so well. Getting to be number four here, these guys have all said what I would repeat and say. I actually am on a three out of five. I am on the okay side of things, okay, and that boys. is because of the content. I totally agree with you guys bringing up what that presentation I mean, look was at, yeah, look at that. Yeah, Cameron like, Kennedy points out. Sorry, for context yeah, yeah. of what 2013's presentation looked like 2023. Yeah, that's a great point, Cameron. Why do this if you're not going to go all in? Back to you. Yeah, very odd on the presentation side. Content-wise, right, like, they had the content. They showed their games. I think a big one here is when you look at Star Wars, Star Wars is possibly going to be behind Starfield for me, the game of the summer, right? Like when we talk about summer showcase season, this Star Wars game has swept everybody. This has stole the show behind Starfield, of course, and what they did. But like we're going to be talking about Star Wars for a long time here. So this team brought it in that aspect of it. I did enjoy this way more than the PlayStation uh, one when I look at my rankings of the summer showcases. So I am going to give it a three out of five. I think they brought the content of the game wise, but presentation that was abysmal is right. I just can't get behind it. Yeah, man. It's tough for me to, to put a score on this one. Cause I do think that there are more elements of this than a showcase I've seen in a long time that are a one out of five for me. I think wow. that when we're talking about yeah, just right. the, Pacing the production, the old schoolness of it all, just the like, it feels tone deaf. The and, awkwardness and it's of it. It's just yeah. like, man, this is not doing any favors. Having said that, I think that from a Ubisoft presentation, the content, the good stuff, I'm closer to a four out of five on some of it. So it's like, where where does that come down to? I don't really know because I do feel like giving this a three and calling it okay is not it's not okay. This wasn't okay. This was bad. And even though it had good games, it was bad. And even though it had good games, it also had a lot of filler. And they spent a lot of time showing that filler in the wrong way. And even filler's a weird word. Like, sorry, let me move on from filler for this one. But Assassin's Creed Mirage, that's not how you show this game. We know what this game is. People are excited. People are already ready for this. We do not need to show it in four different ways, just like they're doing all these other games. And then you have Skull and Bones, and you have nothing to say about it. Like, oh, then why say any? You know, like, oh, there's the closed beta. Now's not That's the good. time for closed yeah. beta stuff for Skull and Bones, right? right? Um, and going through the, the stuff that I'm excited about, and I know that for a lot of these games, or a lot of the showcases, it's like what excites me is very different than what excites y'all but avatar i'm into it star wars hella into it prince of persia let's freaking go yep. i loved the way they showed all three of those games i thought those were really great but to show every other thing that way as well mm -hmm. was like oh no mm -hmm. I, this is not exactly the move um even for things like the crew that like looked interesting but it just looks like we have Forza Horizon at home. Like, that sucks, you know? Ubisoft needs an identity. Bless and I have talked about this a long time. And good Lord, is this the identity? I hope not. I yeah. really, really I mean, hope it feels not. like a Ubisoft caught between two, what two Ubisofts can be, right? It feels like the Ubisoft that we've been talking about where it is, yeah, what is your identity? Like, what is the move? Like, what? where is the excitement that we've gotten from Ubisoft out of the PS4 era, uh, era right? But it also feels like 
a step forward when you do look at Star Wars Outlaws and Prince of Persia, right? And Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. It's been a thing that we've talked about in terms of you need to have that, that exciting stuff. You need to hone in on the IP that actually really does matter to, to Ubisoft and make sure that that shit hits. And I'll say those three hit. A lot of the other stuff felt like old Ubisoft. And maybe by next year, we have more of the new Ubisoft, less of the old Ubisoft. But again, we got, we got to keep up with that and wait and see. Uh, yeah. yeah, back to this, right, where we're talking about presentation and how you package all this. This was what we lauded uh, Jeff for, right, in terms of, like, have the developers on stage talk about their game. That's great. But, like, you look at stuff like Assassin's Creed Nexus, where we had no gameplay to show. We showed the CG trailer. The developer came out, and the only news he did was this holiday and then naming the assassins we saw in the trailer already. It was like, that wasn't needed. You know what I mean? Right. If you're going to do Mario plus Rabbids Rayman coming in 2023 and it's just a trailer and that's all it is, do that here too. Put that into, the, you know, you follow up. You had a whole bunch of montages of Anno 1800, the crew season two, uh, season eight, episode two, Riders Republic add-ons, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, you had your one in there for Roller Champions with Jet, Jet Set Radio, Henry, yeah. right? Like they knew to package some stuff like that, but then they still brought out other stuff that like, we talked about it for the Crew Motorfest, which I know you already mentioned, but again, bringing that developer on stage, right? And we were like, that was the one where it's like, oh, we know that he's been rehearsed to death on this and trying to nail it, and it's not natural. Like, why do it this way? There's other ways to package it. He didn't it, come on and talk about that. It feels like we're being sold stuff that they don't believe in, and it feels like they're being forced to believe in it. Mm. When I know they believe in it for some of these cases, right? Like, it just becomes this weird thing. Like, even the Star Wars bit at the end from, from Julian, it's like, that was an unfortunate thing for him to come out and make a probably like non-scripted joke about like I know you want to get to the gameplay, so we're not going to go on too long. And he went on. To Here I am. I'm now yeah, going to do yeah. exactly what they all just did. And yeah. it's like, man, that not his fault. It's there was there's producers and directors that are making these calls, and it's they're just bad calls because. Then we get to the, the Star Wars gameplay stuff, and it all looked great. The way they showed all this stuff's great. But here we are talking about it as if that's all one segment, because it was. We just sat through it. It's like, and people sat through that in an audience. Like It, it always feels like 10% of that presentation style has ever worked of the, this is the Star Wars you've been waiting for. Wait for applause? Are you all going to clap? Okay, we'll wait for the clap. In this universe, we feel like you, like... That super over serious stuff. It's like, oh man, if Julian went up there and was like, we are so stoked about this game. We're Star making Wars a game. Star Wars check, game, guys. Check this shit. You've been waiting for the gameplay. Check it out. I'm not going to go on any further. I'm super Let proud of the team. Let's go, dude. Yeah. Here's what it is it's speaking of Final Fantasy. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Yeah. We're doing the. Jeff killed it absolutely yeah. killed that vibe that we're, we're talking about there and i think that that's the difference where this feels out of time in multiple different ways and people i see in the chat are like well at least this one had gameplay at least this one had gameplay yeah it had a lot of gameplay and some things don't need gameplay some things do some things don't sometimes it's a cg trailer that we're looking for sometimes it's a in-game trailer we're looking for there's you need to think about how to best serve the audience and the audience is multiple things. It's not just one group. It is people that are excited for the game already, people that aren't excited for the game, and the people that are in the middle where you're like, hey, I'm trying to sell people on this that they might not know, but maybe I can... The, the big Assassin's Creed might not be for them. They might be into this one. Like, I feel like this overall showcase didn't do a good job of serving any of those audiences adequately. I know we are supposed to expect a Just Dance segment all the time. Shout out to the dancers. They did great. Again, the it. way it looked, awful though. The presentation, oh. totally bad. And the thing is, I, I, I would love to get like an accurate number as to the Just Dance audience that buys and loves these games every year. 
what's the Venn diagram of like how much watch, how many people watch these presentations? Probably not a whole lot. Like, I don't think you're going, oh, I'm all I buy is just dance every year. I can't wait to watch what Ubisoft is going to show me. Sure. But of course, it's about getting it out there in front of not only the press. So they remember that's there. It's about getting it out there to build a brand awareness. And of course, it's about getting it out there for the shareholders. And it doesn't bear it. Hit my music. It doesn't need to be that long. It'll come eventually. Money, 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 money. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. We can do it too. We also could be. Awesome. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the reoccurring, sometimes not financially backed or FCC looked at segment on Kind of Funny Games Woo! Daily. Greg Miller's unsound financial reporting. And you will remember weeks ago, I said you would be foolish not to buy Ubisoft stock when it was at five dollars and thirty-three cents. Currently, as of today, right now, live after the show, it is $5.66, and it is climbing barely. It's going, it's like doing the little thing right now, I think. So this is not real financial advice. This is just, what do you mean we can't do this? me reporting on the news. I don't know if we can. It's Games Daily. I report on the news. I That's mean, a 33 cent profit on the share you got. And I, what did I buy? I mean, I bought 19. So cents. somebody in the chat multiplied 19 <laughs> by point. I can, I'll. <laughs> Did he tag it to my face? God damn, there! That's impressive. Holy yeah, yeah, good tracking, good tracking. I just want to call out right now that Greg Miller just randomly called out to Barrett to prep some music and have an intro play, and there was that awkward moment where it didn't play, and then it did, and we just rolled with it, right? That was unrehearsed and unplanned. What we just watched was very planned and very rehearsed, and that all happened, right? Yeah. There's just a difference to the fun, to the whole thing, oh. man. If you're going to be live on stage, you need to bring a different Cam points it out. I've made a $6.27 profit. <laughs> we can buy in and out with that. I want the money, baby. In and out, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. You got to love it. All right. Here's the thing, everybody. We're going to go to a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're going to go uh, item by item through the showcase and give our thoughts. This episode is brought to you by Amazon and Summer Game Fest. We are in an absolutely stacked year of video game releases, and you can find all of them on Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest. I hope that you found a spare few hundred hours to play all the amazing games that have come out this year already. Gamers have been eating good this year, but this is the only place you want to be. Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest. Because guess what? This summer, there's going to be even more exciting announcements coming through of so many more video games that are about to be on all of your favorite consoles like Final Fantasy 16, Armored Core 6, Diablo 4, Street Fighter 6, Mortal Kombat 1, Exo Primal, Assassin's Creed Mirage. <gasps> the list goes on and on. You can go to Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest all summer long to discover the top new and upcoming games as soon as they go up for pre-order. Or you can go check out the website now for everything you might have missed so far this year. Again, that's amazon.com slash summer game fest for all of your video game needs. Today's episode is sponsored by PayPal Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. But did you know it only takes a few seconds to get it? That means if you go to add it on your laptop or iPhone right now, you could be done before the ad read is even over. You know how good it feels to check something off of your to-do list. So hey, 
let's get to check-in. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. So imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite websites out there, and when you check out, the Honey button appears, and all that you have to do is click Apply Coupon. Kind of funny, he's been using Honey for years. It's literally saved us thousands of dollars on tech, food, costumes, ton of stuff. Uh, Honey doesn't just work on desktop. It works on your iPhone, too. You just activate it on Safari, on your phone, and you get to save on the go. Getting Honey seriously only takes a few seconds, and by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. We all love gobbling up content, and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each and every month on subscriptions you might not even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and it helps lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money, and it can help you too. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finance in one place, and it automatically can help categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Rocket money, kind of funny. <laughs> so we're back. We're going to go thing by thing of what Ubisoft showed. Starting off, of course, it's Ubisoft. It's tradition. Just Dance 2024. They had a uh, them dancing, a fun little trailer, transition to live on stage. That was a bridge from the pre-show, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, I like that. Great I call. like that. Super yeah. cool. Um, a hint at great production. That was the biggest problem. As soon as it went from the pre-produced segment, and then that the same woman was on stage, like, oh, this don't look good. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, where yeah. are but they? And cool. they're at the La Quinta. I don't, know, I don't know who the choreographer was, but they, they popped off. Yeah, somebody who used to be in the dance world, let me tell you. I, know, I noticed all those, all those lines. Y'all killed it. It was the great positioning. Of- it was the equivalent of cutscene into oh, I'm, oh it's gameplay now oh wow that was impressive. <laughs> you press the stick yeah, 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 yeah. so funny um, yeah so they showed that 2024 um, and then first game off the rip Avatar Frontiers of Pandora coming December 7th there was a question will it be this year it is coming in right at the end um, this game has been talked about for a long time now finally getting it here um, I think it looks great I think this is exactly what I would expect and hope for from this like to to I know we're in a different era now but uh talking about licensed games like this is kind of the what you'd want to see from an avatar game um I hope that it's good I there's always the problem with avatar of the IP itself is as fun to be memed about as as it is to be enjoyed by the people that actually like it so I don't know what that's going to do for general consumers of their interest levels in this like I don't know how much just far cry people that want to hate on avatar are going to be like you know what i'm gonna give this one a shot um but i thought that overall that was a really cool presentation it's always an interesting gamble on this kind of stuff right because we can point to this year and the success of hogwarts legacy right because so many people wanted to go to hogwarts so many people wanted to live a harry potter fantasy 
And, you know, to Jim Blessing's point about Avatar posters, yes, Avatar makes gajillions of dollars, right? Is that movie audience, what's the Venn diagram with gamers? And are they super excited to jump into this? And are they, you know, is this something that will get announced in your Avatar player who, or I'm sorry, Avatar fan who isn't a gamer? Will they go buy a system? Will they put it on a PC? Will they do stuff? It's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, you know, what we, again, I'm not an Avatar fan, and this is me putting the joke aside, right? Like, I'm not an Avatar fan. The game looks interesting. It is Far Cry Avatar, which I love the Far Cry uh, model. And if you were new to that, and obviously they're doing a bunch of new stuff and different stuff, but in general, right? Like that's a great model. That is a really cool thing. And if you had soured on Far Cry or never been into Far Cry, maybe the IP is what brings you in. Maybe the new world is what brings you in. Like there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. I still want to see this uh, on demand in 4K because I still don't think it looks good, but I still think it might just be us watching a stream of a thing. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in, in that as well. I will say that the, Thanks, the world stuff in Pandora is beautiful and all that. I mean, it's Avatar. It's like so sick looking and all that. But the writing in this and the performances, I wasn't quite sold on. Like, I yeah. feel like that's part of the, the what makes Avatar special is the every single thing feels grand and James Cameron-esque. This did not feel that way to me writing-wise, but I hope I'm wrong. Can I ask you a question about that? Because as an Avatar fan, like, do you is the story does that resonate for you does this oh 15 years in a stasis chamber she comes out and now she's got to reconnect with her tribe and all is that like does that make you go oh yeah or is it just you want it to look beautiful and be the world I, it's complicated i don't know like i my answer to the the question of what do i want from an avatar story in a video game is i don't have an answer i don't there's nothing just make it cool make it good give me hype moments of getting my my dragon and let me fly it okay. like that's that's the stuff that i think matters more to me personally but Bless, does this do you, or you're already talking about a little bit, but like, yeah. go off. I mean, no, like, I, I think this looks really cool. And I think, you know, to the point of, to Greg's point of, is this going to hit with an audience that is an avatar, right? Like, what's, what is that Venn diagram of people who watch Avatar and love it for the movie and then who are going to hop over and play this game? I think the fact that this looks like a, almost like a spiritual successor to a Far Cry, or at least taking a lot of what we know about Far Cry and love about Far Cry and translating that to Avatar, I think that has a good chance of getting a lot of people in that might not even care about Avatar. Of course. I do not care about Avatar. I want to check out this game. And for me, I, as somebody who, you know, I've liked Far Cry in the past, but I, ever since after Far Cry 3, it's been hard for me to really care or stick with a Far Cry. Sure. The idea of jumping into something that might be a, a better fleshed out world because it is being based off of this world that is established through movies and something that's going to be way different from what we've gotten out of out of a Far Cry. Yeah. I really want to try that out because that sounds like it might instill some of that um, some excitement that I've been missing. It's an interesting, you know, through the looking glass, other side of the mirror, whatever you want to say, where Mike asked about Star Wars at the end of the show, right? Like, if this wasn't, if this was, a, if this game looked exactly like it was, but Star Wars didn't exist and this was a new thing, would you care about it? And that could be the same thing here, right? Yeah. Where it is going to be people who have never watched Avatar look at this and go, oh, that'd be awesome. Of course, there are fans out there. Uh, I love this one from the Twitch chat where a 16 month subscriber by the name of Engaged Family Gaming put in, I wasn't going to get Avatar, but my 70 year old mother wants me to bring it to her house and play it in front of her she loves that world oh, cool. that's fucking yeah, awesome yeah. Yeah. yeah for me i don't think this did show well actually this turned me off um you know seeing it sure we can talk about the bit right and how it was shown on our end of things right it just didn't look good from what we were watching i'm sure if i watched on vod maybe it looks a little bit better but the idea of far cry in this avatar world you brought it up so well of like the Star Wars comparison to this, this didn't sell me. I would actually prefer more Far Cry than this, right? And I am hoping that we do get a good game out of this because Far Cry 6, I thought, was a really great return to form on Far Cry. I think they really crushed that. Can they do that in this Avatar world and make me care? 
I don't know because, right, like you said, Tim, waking 15 years up out of stasis, it's going to be the same old thing. I'm not accepted by my tribe. I have to earn their respect. Hey, you want to earn our respect to be part of the team? You got to go over to this. Go same give me 15 mangoes. 20 times. Take that down. Go kill this animal. Go get these mangoes. Like, that's just kind of boring mangoes. after the a while, mangoes. right? And so, for me, <laughs> Blessing, I don't I'm think sorry. This... Mangoes are really important to that. The... No. Oh, thank, thank you. Okay. You I mean, I'll... this didn't get me excited. I like mangoes. At all for Avatar. <laughs> the only positive that I walk out of with this is two-player co-op. Like, that's an idea that I really like in this Far Cry world, these big open-world Ubisoft games. I like that. I like sharing it with a friend. But I am not out of my seat going, oh, Avatar's making a splash here. Not at all. Yeah, for me, I mean, like, I, in my opinion, actually, doesn't matter. Stop. Don't worry. Andy Cortez. I also think it's really tough to make it look as good as you as you want it to look because we all saw saw Avatar two in theaters and it was the most beautiful digital world you could have ever imagined, right? And I, uh, when it comes to the IP, I am kind of excited to exist in this world because I know how much they put into what you know what the flora and the fauna are of um i'm already blanking on the name of the planet um pandora a, a pandora and i just i know that they love <laughs> like here's the creativity for all of these creatures that you you know and you've seen in the movies um and i also think of like what james cameron said when he was talking about uh, when he was getting notes from producers about avatar one like Hey, we don't need to see another flying scene. We can cut that from the movie. He's like, I, they're like, because it doesn't further the plot. He was like, I don't care about furthering the plot in that moment. I want people to just exist in this world. And I really hope this game isn't fully driven by what we're used to when we talk about the constant icons all, all over the map. I really hope that there are moments that you can just kind of live and breathe in this world and see nature interacting with each other and see maybe nature's not super stoked of you but maybe some are fond of you or whatever like I, i'm excited to see how the world around you because that is the character like pandora is a character in this world um but again it's tough to see whenever you see those environmental shots i think they look gorgeous and then we get the close-up shots it's like man i the, in theaters that was the most unreal shit i'd ever seen. i never thought i'd see better character cgi than thanos and james cameron blew that shit out of the water and then we see the in-game Navi. It's like, ah, that's, it's a good we, we've seen the pinnacle and it's really tough to kind of see that uh, the way it looks in engine there. Uh, a couple of things I want to mention too is see, watching this demo and coming off of watching Starfield yesterday was kind of rough, you know, to Mike's point, right? And to Andy's point as well. It Moment to moment, I was not blown away whatsoever by how these environments look and like, um, you know, the vast open world and even, even seeing some of the sky islands and stuff, right? I think, that could have hit more if maybe the showcase was on a, was on last Friday as opposed to the day after seeing Starfield for forty minutes and being blown away moment to moment. Um, and so, like, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know if that is a hey, maybe we should go before the big showcases, right? Let's go before Jeff. Let's go before Xbox. But um, that's one thing that I, I uh, that did stick out to me. But then also the other thing is when we're talking about how well is this going to do? What again? What is that Venn diagram? How is this going to sell? I I know the I think the bar is probably going to be higher because it is an IP that has um, um, like grows so much through the movies. Uh, but you imagine that this does better than a Far Cry, right? Like if this is basically that, but with Avatar on top of it, you would hope that this hits, you know, on, let's say if Far Cry does 10 million per game, you'd hope that this hits maybe the 13 to 15 million. And so there's that too. 
Next up, we had X Defiant coming later this summer, June 21st to 23, getting an open session. Um, Mike, I know you you and Andy both were playing this and, and blessed as well, and you were excited about it when the first time you got your, your hands on it. Did Is this the right way to show this game? Anything new here you're excited about? I mean, the biggest thing for this is the release date of sometime this summer, right? Like, that's mm -hmm. what I'll give mm -hmm. the props mm -hmm. to this team for is, hey, we're coming out this summer with 14 maps, right? That's the biggest selling point for me is maps, 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 content right because as we know this is a team arena shooter that's going to compete with the likes of call of Wait. duty when i got out of playing my experience with it i said that's fine right it didn't wow me it didn't blow my doors off like yo this is the call of duty killer right here we're gonna be playing this every night it was like yo we had a good time it was a fine time i might not ever go back to this again but what i heard from their roadmap of Hey, we have 14 maps. We're going to add 12 new maps within the first year. That's one map a, a month. Positive, right? We're going to add new weapons here. We're going to add new factions. Okay, this is all good. But it always will circle back to the same thing. Does it got the juice when it comes to gameplay? And I just don't think it has the juice as other multiplayer shooter games will. So it's going to net out right in the middle for me of all these first-person shooters, all these third-person shooters that are compete for my time and showing this here. Did not go, oh, I can't wait to play. Not at all. Andy? Uh, I think they're doing the right thing when it comes to communication. Like, I don't, I've never been the person to just go hop into a Call of Duty search and destroy game anyway. So this game I'll likely hop into, but it's not going to be a mainstay by any means. But the thing that I do love is them really listening to feedback and having all of these uh, open periods of being able to hop in there and play and it seems like they are the one angle that they are trying to take the most is we're going to listen to you like Activision doesn't. We're going to listen mm -hmm. to you like mm -hmm. Infinity Ward doesn't, right? Like they every feels like month or so that these uh, there's a new update and everybody hates it. Call of Duty. Everybody's <laughs> mad because they fucked this and that up or they nerfed that gun or this thing has been bugged for months and months and months and they've never addressed it. And it's such a game breaking thing. The, right from the start, we get uh, this team saying there's no skill-based matchmaking. We know that's a huge point of contention. We know that you don't want every game to be a sweat fest. Sure, you might get absolutely destroyed on in one game, but the next map may be, uh, or the next game might be an easier experience because we're not putting you in casual play against the best of the best or people in that level of gameplay. Like, not every game is going to be a sweat fest. And then, they ha and then they have their skill-based matchmaking for ranked, which is something that people really, really like and care about. It seems like, hey, we're hopefully our game, you think our gameplay is as good as what you get from Call of Duty, but we're going to listen to you and we're going to be noting all the feedback that you have. And just like this, them mentioning, hey, we have one more beta period that is addressing all the feedback we got from the last one. Like, I think that's really, really cool. Will it be for me? Probably not, but these games usually aren't anyway when we're talking about just the the hop into the round-based the round -based sort of gameplay, you know? Yeah, when I was saying, like, oh, yeah, you were surprisingly into it, I think I was talking about the finals. Not Yeah, right. I, I never played. I hadn't played this one. I never hopped into it, unfortunately. Bless, any thoughts on this? No, I mean, I, I agree with Andy in terms of the communication. I think they're they're absolutely nailing it. And I think they're doing a good job of setting expectation for what the rollout is post-launch and talking about their year one, talking about how there will be four new factions, 12 new maps, 12 new weapons. I think they're, they're doing everything right. And I, I also think that they are measuring expectation correctly, right? Like we talk about how a lot of these games had, you know, a 
a tr- uh, like an original trailer. All right, let's talk about it. All right, let's have another trailer. And it feels like they're propping everything up to like the the same degree. X Defiant feels like that it's hey like you know you're gonna get a beta later this month the game's gonna come out in um uh later this summer and like this is what we're doing this is what we're doing with it i feel like they're shaping it the right way in terms of how they're delivering it to the audience next up we had prince of persia the lost crown coming january 18th we first saw this at summer game fest now we got a little bit more a little uh, gameplay look and stuff i am obsessed with this this is exactly the type of game i dream of taking ip taking genre taking a developer that i i trust when uh it comes to the people that made rayman legends and origins but then making a more traditional metroidvania style prince of persia game we haven't had this for so long and on top of that just it oozes style and it's like such a different vibe than i would have ever expected to see from this franchise but like looking at the gameplay here it's like I dream of this. This is so damn cool. It looks great. Like, yeah, it's not like the biggest budgeted thing ever. It doesn't need to be. Like, the gameplay looks right. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And in a world that we're now 2023, I feel like we've had a decade now of Metroidvanias almost being a silly way to call it because there's just been so many great examples of things that have done that same thing. And it's like, it's a Metroid or Evania, like Dead Cells, like all these different elements of different genres even that have turned into what this looks like i can't wait to see what a prince of persia in 2024 can look like with all of that what do you think blessed i mean i, I agree 100 like both of the tra- trailers that we've seen so far between the xbox showcase and now this looks fantastic i can't wait for it the style you know you mentioned that this might not look like the biggest budget thing i think for whatever budget it has they're making it work yes. like this looks really great when you see the way in which the uh the characters and the models move when you see the environments I, it looks great. It looks really fun, which is the most important thing, and it makes me want to get into a Prince of Persia. And like I've said multiple times now, I've not been a Prince of Persia person, but now I kind of I'm kind of wondering if I should like play other Prince of Persias leading up to this. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to navigate that in my head. To piggyback off something you say there, right? Like I'm a huge Prince of Persia fan. I've told the story. That's what made me quit piano, but that's a story for another time. Uh, I'm gonna play this because of the IP attached to it. And you said it, you know, uh, bless it. Might it, it, with the budget, it might not look like the biggest budget thing, right? That is honestly what we want, right? Like, I want to see studios who have, or publishers who have amazing IP do fun stuff with them. It doesn't need to be that we sit there and wait for another Prince of Persia remake with the remaster, the whatever. Do the Silent Hills approach and let's do some crazy shit with it and let's go see. And is it all going to work? Is it all going to not? That's for us to decide when we get there. But that looks cool. That makes sense. And it, me, as somebody who's not the biggest Metroidvania guy, because of the IP and because of what we're looking at there, I'm like, you know what? I do want to play this. I do want to try this. This seems cool. Andy? Yeah, it looks fun as shit, man. Like, it, that, that's why I was so mad that they kept cutting back away from the gameplay we we had mentioned that it's possible that they lost the gameplay feed in some of those moments but there was just a lot of cool creative ways that you could kind of mess with these enemies and i saw at one point the dude uppercut with the sword the enemy goes up in the air arrows up shoots the guy up in the air goes back up for an air combo it just seems like this game is oozing style and yeah it looks fun as hell as somebody who loves hollow knight and dead cells and games where you are constantly dashing back and forth and we see a lot of uh I, I hope moments of difficulty that are going to kind of like make me throw my controller against the wall. Shit. Like, <laughs> I love that stuff. I love the, the meat boy moments. And even like, again, the hollow Knight challenge room moments where you are dashing to the wall, grabbing onto that, waiting for this blade to come down so you can jump over it. I love precision action platformers like that. And what's so cool is like you, the, all those games you mentioned, they were all inspired by the original Prince of Persia. We're always talking about the Sands of Time trilogy, which is amazing, um, and what it did for translating that into a 3D space, which 
I just love it because like I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom now, the shrines. Like there was a moment uh, recently where I realized I was like, oh my god, one of the reasons I love this so much is it reminds me of the design of Sands of Time, where it's these you're in a room and you're trying to figure out the puzzle of this room before you move on to get to the the next thing. And the original Prince of Persia's uh, like on the on the on computer systems um, was very very slow. Like it didn't feel good to play. It was very like you take a step, very stilted kind of uh, movement, but it was very precision based in terms of like, you know exactly what you need to do. And then eventually you're like, okay, this, then this, then this to get out of this room, the timing of the sword swinging or whatever it is. What we're seeing here is taking Sands of Time type puzzly stuff with the old school approach of the puzzles, uh, of the 2D puzzles mixed with the fluidity of momentum that we're used to now from so many of these modern games, like a Celeste even, yep. uh, with combat and stuff that's like a Metroid Dread or something. And that's why this is coming to Switch. I think I'm going to play this thing on Switch. I think it's going to look awesome on that OLED. Mike, does this do anything for you? Oh, yeah. Being an Ori boy, I'm very excited. I think the biggest takeaway for me watching this was, oh, it oozes style. I'm very interested. Of course, I want to go hands on the sticks and feel that traversal. I want to feel that speed, that stop on a dime, go back, right? And I think another cool one for me that I saw was that kind of teleport time warp behind, right? I didn't see that on the Xbox side of things or wherever they showed it last, right? Summer, Summer Games Fest. They didn't have that where he all of a sudden warped back like Overwatch character, which was super Tracer. dope, Tracer. And I liked that. It's like, okay, add that nice little flashy me mechanic in here and let's see how I can use it and have some real big fun with it. So yeah, for me, uh, this would be my first Prince of Persia game and they got me with this style, right? I don't know what the other ones would look like, but this right here, that gets me interested in jumping into your IP. Uh, after that, we had uh, Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. Uh, our boy Adi Shankar came out. It's coming later this year on Netflix. It's going to be for the people it's for, right? And I think feel like a lot of the Adi projects, it's interesting here that they would go for a Blood Dragon remix show on Netflix. I think they're really kind of just shooting for whatever they can do here. But Castlevania was freaking awesome. So hopefully we get more of that. Anyone I'm, have I'm all in on this. Yeah. I, I love seeing video games hit the silver screen and being able to watch it on my phone in bed, whether <laughs> we go to a movie theater, whether we watch it on the big screen at home all together. Like, I love this, right? My dream as a kid was I want more of the video games that I love everywhere possible. And so the idea of them teaming up with someone so talented like that, being able to make something that's probably going to be fun, very violent. I'm all in on that, right? I hope we get more of that. And it looks like the trend is we will get more. There will be the master cheeks of the world that don't land. There will be the twisted medals where we go, mm, we'll see that might that not one. be good. Right, bless. You know what? It's masterpiece. fun. But yeah, like, this up. is the type of stuff we talked about cyberpunk with edge runners, right? You talk about arcane, like more of that, please always. So yeah, for me, this was one I highlighted on the store on the show of like, I'm in. Let's go. This is probably one of the moments of the show that I wish was differently produced. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Maybe have thousand percent. Maybe having a host. You know, maybe having somebody there to like usher in some uh, or usher in, usher him in and then interview him as opposed to having Adi there. You know, talking and yeah, I yeah. could not tell if he was going off prompter or like or what was going on. But Adi, friend of the show, we love him. He's done a bunch of stuff with us on kind of funny podcasts. He's been back and forth. He did, he came through for Castlevania. He's been through before just to shoot the shit, and he is a character. And I don't know if out of the blue tossing him up there and having him read off the prompter was the move at all, right? Because we pop up, we're like, we know him. We know he's – and even for it to be like – he's like, you might know me from the internet videos. Like, if you know those videos, you know they get crazy and insane, right? Like, 
he would have definitely benefited from, hey, let's do, if we have to, if we're, if we're set to do something, have him be interviewed by Yousef. Have that be an edited project you put together. Have him have talking points, but don't have him read off. Let he, like what we're talking about, let him be himself. Let him go through, and the enthusiasm he has for these projects come out the normal, natural way. Yeah, there's, he is a character for sure, and he's unabashedly him, which... Hey, that's that's great for him, but that's it doesn't what we all work are. for everybody. But if it yeah. did work for you, I would highly recommend checking out Netflix's Guardians of Justice. It is that is just the most from the brain of Adi Shankar thing I have ever seen in my life. It's not gonna be for everyone. Some of it wasn't even for me, and I do like some of the things he does. But I, it's he's there's something about his vision that I respect that at least people are giving him shots. Does that need to be on the stage of the Ubisoft Forward? I don't know. That's a, a different question. Maybe a quick little video intro, possibly. You know. Yeah. Um, then we got the division resurgence fall 2023. Take it away, Greg. Uh, I popped for it because I thought we were going into the division section, and that was all we got. Uh, I am excited for the division resurgence. I've been open about that, right, in terms of like, hey, cool, the division's on mobile. It uses backbone. It seems like it's an, the full-fledged is a full-fledged division. Awesome. My concern about it still stands. Is it going to feel like it's the division one again, and I'm just running through New York doing the exact same stuff? Not the exact same missions, but, you know, it, it, I, Division 2 was cool because of DC and everything they added, and it was a complete game, and yada, yada, yada. This one, I know there's been a bunch of betas for it and things like that. I'm still like, okay, I'm, I'm interested. I'm going to play that when I can and launch that. You know, I like having games on my phone if they're full-fledged games and they aren't just touch controls. So that's fine. You know, the news was fall 2023. I don't think that's been known before. I'm looking at the Division 2 day news they put out, of course, which came, what, uh, in April, where they talked about more stuff coming for Division 2. They talked about Heartland getting a beta. Uh, yeah, nothing here for the resurgence says anything here about that. It's more, again, that they're doing another test phase. So I guess that's the news, and I'm excited for when I get my hands on that. Would have loved to have seen a Division Heartland date here. Would have loved to see them talk again a little bit about what's going on with Year 5 of the Division 2. But I get that you did that on a Division 2 day, so if you're a Division 2 person, that's already there. But it's weird to not do it when you then have the montage coming up, or I think you could have given the Division some love there. Absolutely. Next up, Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones, closed beta, uh, the 25th, 28th. They had a musical performance. And again, Blessing said this earlier, great performance. Super cool. If you're going to have a stage, like, have some fun. Like, it's okay. Not every single moment is going to be for everybody. But when that's what you have to show about Skull and Bones, a game that's already, like, a joke and already something that we are, like, we don't want to see, that's not how you do it. Yep. Show something. Show anything, right? Like, that was just crazy that... They went up there, did a great musical act, and then just walked away, and we just walked away from that segment. At least show something. We're here for it. Let's get it going. I, Let's I, get a little bit. I think the weirdest thing about it is, like, we, everybody knows that this is that title that has been memed to hell in the industry. And having a musical artist go out there and name a song after the game, I feel like puts even more of a crosshair and more of a focus yeah. on this yeah. game that's already kind of... Vaporware? Yeah, like, I mean, it's going to come out at some point. They are legally obligated to do so. I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's baffling. This yeah, was a baffling decision. I, I mean, my question during the show, right, my question would still be, what would they show? Right? Like, is there anything that they show that gets the audience on their side? I think. Show me that I'm not humping trees with a boat to gather resources. <laughs> That's the like, game, though. That's show the, me things that aren't the gameplay that anymore. Tr prove to me that it's going in a better direction is what you show. Like, your last performance, people scratched their head and said, what is going on here? 
You have to start showing things that is at least trending in a better direction. That's what yeah. you. I mean, show. Not, I mean, they're not going to change the core gameplay like, loop. You've got to start showing at least a little something positive. And you can find a nugget of gold in there. There's something there. I mean, maybe they can't though, right? Like true, maybe, Jay, maybe, maybe maybe they can't. And that's my thing is I don't think that was for the audience. I think that was a hey shareholders, this is in the show. Like we have a band and they named, they named their, their song after Skull and Bones. Like, hey, it's still happening. <laughs> I think that's See, all I, it is. I yeah. think that there's a way to do it because if it's an obligation or even if it's not an obligation, it's just something like you want to show your library. This is your company's showcase. You want to say all the things you have, give the updates. We always talk about Bethesda when it comes to the things we look Fallout at. Fallout 76. Like, yeah. Here comes Fallout uh-huh. 76. Here ESO. comes um, yeah. Yeah, ESO. ESO and all yeah. that stuff. And it's like, guys, like, it's not going to be the most exciting thing to react to a showcase, but like that is necessary and required. I do think that's where the show could have had hosts and hosts could have came out and they could have had one section that's like, hey, let me give you a couple updates on some games. Skull and Bones, there's going to be a closed beta and a logo's on the screen with some dates. This game has this, this game has that. Instead of it being this awkward thing or like, like we're going to have music because we don't have anything else. It's like the news that they gave, the update they gave could have literally not not been an email. It could have been a logo on a screen that somebody said a sentence about that would have been more exciting than how that was presented just because it would have been like, okay, cool. That's what they're doing for Skull and Bones. We can move on. That, right? That's that's well said, Tim. If you do that, at least we see it and we don't, we're not sitting not here talking about it, making fun of it or anything like that. We just move on. Here, you made this all eyes on you. We yeah. got to talk about this mm-hmm. now. And that was their choice. And it was the wrong choice for sure. Um, and then we get after that, a, a little montage segment of a bunch Native of things. But I do think having a host out there explaining what exactly we're seeing and saying the things could have been more exciting because there was some cool stuff there. Rayman Final DLC. Uh, well, Rayman's joining uh, Rabbids and, and Mario, which we'd been teased before, but like we're seeing it here. Getting the Jet Set Radio Future crossover with uh, Roller Champions, Master Chief and uh, Brawlhalla. Like, yeah. That's all stuff that's cool, but I feel like just seeing it is weirdly like not enough. Like I feel like just like, hey, we have a bunch of cool crossovers happening. Here's a couple of them. And that's just the, it's a small pacing presentation thing that I think would have made it a lot better than just literally feeling like a, uh, a it's, I, I turned out tuned out. Cause I thought we were going into an anno 1800 commercial or yeah. Trailer commercial thing. Right. It, yeah. To your point, it would have been great to have somebody on stage. Right. Who's just like, we talked about the top of the show, but Ubisoft wouldn't be you with, wouldn't be Ubisoft without you. The gamers, uh, you are keeping so many of our titles going by being amazing communities. We have a, right now a series of updates to announce for some of our most popular online games. And they should be getting you two jabronis over there, man. It's crazy. Bro. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Y'all. Then they'd fire me, bring Austin Creed in, kill the whole goddamn <laughs> <laughs> Uh Then we have uh, the Crew Motorfest. Oh, it's also uh, Rotor, Riders Republic had a, a new skateboarding mode. Which again, oh yeah, we have we what the fuck we have nothing to say about it because it was shown in a ten second clip in a commercial. Like, all right, uh, then the Crew Motorfest coming September fourteenth. Andy, hey, funch time! Thanks for subscribing with Prime. Um, I, I, I don't know, Tim. I don't know, man. Like I, if this is going to be their, their super fun, kind of wild, not serious racing game, I want to check it out. Like, but it's nothing that, you know, I think by this point I was pretty checked out of the presentation. Unfortunately, I think everything before this did the crew Motorfest no favors for my interest levels in it. Um, but I think the environments look beautiful. I'm stoked to see what they do. Uh, uh, Lord knows I'll never go to Hawaii, but I'll see it in digital form in this video game. Is it going to be as our You're going to Hawaii. We're getting you to Hawaii. You're going to Hawaii. 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 Hawaii.
Um, I White Lotus season three, Mike and Andy in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, my as much as I love Forza, and it was, I think, my number five game of the year that year on, on my top ten, I really, really just want uh, less gravity physics. I don't want my car to be magnetized to the ground so that I'm not crashing all the time. I want wild flips. I want crazy stunts where I hit the corner of something and suddenly my car goes shooting to the air. That's the stuff I love. And <laughs> Mario Kart. I mean, it, that's that's San Francisco rush for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. what that was for. Uh, that's what I've been looking for in Forza. Will I hop into this? Who knows? Remains to be seen. I thought I'd hop into Riders Republic. I thought I'd hop into a lot of different Ubisoft games. You should have. You should have hopped into Riders Republic. You killed. That was such a great week and a half. We. Great week and a half. Yeah, the Cream Motorfest is one that I think me and Her- uh, me and Barrett have been hyped on, and I, th- I don't think this is a great showing for it. Like, it still looks more like, oh yeah, we're, we're trying to do Forza Horizon. Like, we have Forza Horizon at home, and you know, there's so many chat that's like. You could just play Forza Horizon. That's very true. Right? I think that's the thing that's going to be working against it, and that's the thing that's rough. And then also the thing that's rough is its release date. You know, it's coming out, I believe they said, September 14th. And if you look at September right now, you're talking about like a week and a half after Starfield, a game that's going to take people 5,000 hours <laughs> to complete, right? And you're also talking about four days between both Lies of P and Mortal Kombat 1. You're talking about a, um, uh, like a week after that being Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. You're talking about a packed September. And for me, as somebody who... Is one of the people excited about it. I don't know if I'm going to have time to play Motorf- uh, the crew Motorfest during that time. And on top of that, last year, Need for Speed came out mm-hmm. kind of in the most, whoa, what the fuck, this came out of nowhere way. And I think that benefited the game a yeah. lot because all of a sudden a bunch of critics were like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is actually really good, and it's fun, and it had this moment where there weren't too many game releases around it, and it was this perfect storm. This feels like, in every way for marketing, the opposite of that. Like, you're saying way too much about this, and it's way too early that we have time to think about how we're not going to be able to play it, because everything else is coming out around it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's complicated stuff. Uh, Then we got into... Assassin's Creed, baby. Everyone get hyped. It's AC VR Nexus VR on MetaQuest. Strap this VR headset. All right, yeah, I'm interested to see what this game looks like. All right, here's a CG trailer that if you did any of this shit, but you'd be puking in your living room. Well, all right, well, Cassandra's in it. That's cool. Uh, Ezio's in it. Cool. Connor's in it. Cool. Then the developer comes out. Here comes the gameplay. It'll be, a, it's those three people, and it'll be this holiday. We'll see you later. We're also working on Jade. Here's Assassin's Creed. What the fuck? <laughs> Bad presentation. I, I thought Andy was about to like go off and make a point. It was just the biggest yawn of all time, oh. which I think says more than anything else, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm a VR jabroni. Yeah. Like I, I like the VR. Kind of funny. Likes VR. Yeah, we want I VR like to succeed. We are begging VR. VR. We, <laughs> we are begging VR to be awesome. Give me Assassin's Creed golf, bro. Yeah. Let me play and, again. Oh and Andy God. knows I love, I love so playing these weird games that are going to most likely make you vomit. Right? Like <laughs> I want that in VR. I want to be pretend running around my room with this headset on. And you to not show anything about that really did not get me excited, right? Like, even if you just showed a little bit, at least I would have been like, oh, that's what it's going to look like. I'm interested in that. Because, yeah, Assassin's Creed coming to VR is a big name hitting the VR title. We talk about this all the time. You have to continue to support the VR ecosystem with big name titles that people recognize and go, oh, man, yeah, I have a VR unit. Or I got to go buy one so I can play these big names. Like, this is what we've been asking for, but the idea of not showing it at all really because it will like, look oh, nothing not... like that. Yeah, th- well, that's you doing the CGI. You shouldn't have done that. It's right. I agree. With it's going to be like, you're going to see a thing and you teleport to it. You can teleport to the guy to do the assassin. You're going to try and stab somebody in the back, and I had to try like six different times because it's not. Right. <laughs> it's going to be your hands <laughs> like, coming in sideways. <laughs> 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 Uh, so then that went to Assassin's Creed, codename Jade. Uh, we got a, it's a mobile game. It's going to be free, beta yep. soon. Yep. Um, th- 
looks cool. Level Sounds Infinite cool. working on it. They showed some gameplay. I thought it looked uh, good for a mobile game in terms of just quality of what I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, but again, uh, that literally, it is what it is. That's all that that is. And I'm happy that we're at a point that mobile games are that, that they're not yeah. worse than that. It's like, no, 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 there's going to be a quality experience there. I can say the same about Division. Um, I have yeah. a lot to say later about Final Fantasy VII um, Ever Crisis. Like, mobile games, I think, have evolved of like this, like, big licensed AAA IP uh, mobile game. Okay, cool. There's something there, but um, I don't know if it's one of the last things you show at uh, a showcase. So that leads to Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, Barrett, I want to start with you. What do you what do you think about this one? I'm incredibly excited for this. Just uh, a, again on the scope, I know you know uh, people might not be as interested in going back into the the smaller version of Assassin's Creed, but that has me really excited. Uh, I really liked Valhalla. Uh, I, I liked Odyssey enough, and I really enjoyed Origins. But you know those games have a lot and a lot of bloat. Um, and I'm excited for just like a more lean Assassin's Creed. I'm excited for the, the era that we're in. We're seeing the beginning of uh, Bossom's journey as uh, an assassin and kind of, like I said earlier in the, the showcase, like kind of like putting in the threads of like kind of in between Origins and Valhalla and then maybe getting a little, a, a little bit of a precursor of AC1. Like I'm excited for this more so than any of the Assassin's Creed Infinity uh, projects because we literally don't know what the hell those are uh, outside, still of, uh, outside of location. Um, and so, yeah, I'm like way more excited for it. Well, we do know what this one is um, uh, more so than the other projects. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised. Well, sorry. What I was saying is that we don't know what Infinite is. They didn't talk about that right. today, which, which is, is like, wild. okay. Um, Barrett did a better job of selling this game than this did of selling this game to me. Like, yeah, I think yeah, it was like, a weird. I think it was rundown. a weird preview to show off. Like, hey, like the big selling points were going back to the old Assassin's Creed, and like Andy was saying during the showcase of like, yeah, we know what old school Assassin's Creed gameplay looks like. We don't need like an eight minute uh, gameplay walkthrough for this. I think it would have been smarter to upload, like, show off like three minutes of just like highlights, and then upload this big eight minute thing separately after the show. Like, I thought it was a weird choice still. Yeah, yeah, like maybe the main selling point, the 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 classic Assassin's Creed loop that you know, like again, old school uh, Assassin's Creed fans are really into this, and they this is the return that they've been kind of looking for. Um, and I know they're super excited about it, and I'm happy that it is a lower budget game. When we're talking, uh, what is it, fifty dollars or forty dollars? Forty. Um, I think that's great. I think that's awesome. I. But what would have excited me about it is, you know, what if we kept this game and its scope sort of lessened and not have this gigantic open world with the bloat that we always think about with the more recent Ubisoft games? Uh, like, in an ideal world for me, it it would have been really cool if this was the most quadruple, quintuple thing looking thing ever. But it is a it is a small, tight project that's going to take you 10 hours to finish. <laughs> but... Goddamn, look at the, the the strides that we've made. This still very much just based on these characters talking to you. It, it looks like a uh, like an older Assassin's Creed got a, a remaster, you know, which mm. isn't a bad thing, but it doesn't necessarily uh, interest me. Yeah, I look for, again, the presentation and having somebody come out and be like, in this world, you're this character, and it affects this thing this way. It's like, no, what you should say is, 
Remember the original Assassin's Creed? Remember how much you love that? Remember doing this and this and this? You're going to be able to do that again for the first time in almost a decade. Yeah. And blah, On the blah, PlayStation 5. That's, that's like how you sell A better way to this. showcase this, and I, I know it wouldn't sell everybody, but it would bring like the old AC crew like uh, people back of like, Literally, do your own fun little uh, graphics comparison of, of showing like the old school AC gameplay, and then coming to this and like we're yeah, really like going like a really back sick transition where yeah. it's like, oh my god, this is how, oh my god, this is That'd be awesome. what I love. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, y'all, closing out the show. Star Wars Outlaws. We got a lot of it. All right, we got the whole setup speech. But then we got the the CG trailer. We get the gameplay. We get all the stuff. Or I guess the CG trailer stuff was towards the end. Hell yeah. Hell Fuck yeah. yeah, man. I feel like the more that that demo went on, the more and more into it I got. The space flight stuff looked awesome. Getting through it and like seeing um, all of the, the quick flashy type gameplay stuff of all the different locations you're going to get into. I am very, very... Exact angry. same feeling I had for Starfield watching. I'm like, oh, this is getting ready to end and I don't want this to end. Yeah. I want, I want, yeah. And I want to play this right now as well. And of course, we're coming off of Survivor, right? Which awesome got me you know i love star wars games i love that game i love that franchise i but i love the fact that since that and lucas and disney are already taking care of my jedi fantasy now let's go be the scoundrel let's go be you know let's go be the you know running around trying to do all these different missions get a bounty off us but not let's not be some magic imbued amazing guy right let's go do this thing and be somebody who's uh, capable with a blaster and has your little fucking lizard dog going down to help you yeah not having great. to be the the chosen one in this yeah you know, massive sort of story. I, I really enjoy the angle they're taking on it. And I think if you tell me, you know, what do you want a super triple A Star Wars open world game to look like? This is it. They nailed it. Visually, this looks gorgeous. Again, even on the on the low quality stream, like this looks incredible. Um, lighting when it comes to all of the the sort of dynamic dust and everything flowing around. I, I I am a little bit worried just because you know we've we've seen a lot of these presentations before, and then the game comes out. It's like oh, you could see where they kind of lessened some stuff happening sure. in the environment. But I think this looks incredible. I love the minimal UI. I love what seems to be the gameplay loop of doing these missions, sneaking in. Maybe you you know you blow your cover, and now you're just going to be popping off and and third person shooting all over the place messing around with the environment and then getting into a ship and flying to space and trying to see what's next in the star system. This is like, this is ideal. They fucking nailed it. Great job. Yeah. I like the look of the, the blaster being able to change on the fly. Not going to a sub menu, right? not exactly, do something else, just right? pop it up and, and how, how do you make that unique? Because like you said, Je Greg, we're not a Jedi, right? There is yeah. no lightsaber. So how do you make the blaster fun and unique while we're playing that can adjust to any situation? It was really cool to see and how fast it went. Of course, what I really enjoyed was that wanted screen that popped yeah. up right at the end. Like that was flashy and different than anything we've ever seen. That was nice. I really enjoyed that one. So, yeah, it's, I mean, these two said it best. This looks great. I'm very excited. My one qualm, I, I do feel like the blaster gameplay does look a little stiff right now. I, like, I do wonder how that's actually going to feel in gameplay. That was the only thing that, like, didn't look great to me, but everything else. But look at Nix's ears and tail. That doesn't look stiff, huh? There's some physics. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Get him, Nix! Yeah, somebody in chat mentioned it, and I mentioned it yesterday during the Xbox thing, but this feels like what Amy Hennig's Star Wars game mm -hmm. could have been like, mm -hmm. but also mixed with what we know is Ubisoft's bread and butter, which is their open world stuff. And I think, you know, what's even 
what's even more cool about this is the fact that this feels like what could be the next step of Ubisoft open world. You know, we've gotten Assassin's Creed, we've gotten the Far Cries. This looks like it's taking that and going, hey, as Ubisoft, how do we put everything into this? Because Star Wars for us is important. You know, this is one of the biggest IPs we've gotten we've gotten to work on. This is the biggest game we have coming up. Hey, Massive, we know you're a talented team. Let's work on it. And yeah, seeing them fly from the planet into space and seeing that transition of oh man, space looks cool in this thing. Seeing how many different places you can go, seeing the combat, which I think looks fine, and then also seeing the environments, which you know at some points reminded me of playing Cyberpunk and going, wow, if I just stand still and look around, the art direction of this thing is fantastic. The art direction here for Star Wars Outlaws, I'd say looks fantastic. The world looks alive. Um, and yeah, to uh, uh, Mike's point too about the one screen, that stuff feels inspired. And that is something that I've not been able to say about the Ubisoft open world mm-hmm. stuff since maybe like, Maybe Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You know, I think that was probably the biggest shift we've gotten lately. But even before that, yeah, something like Assassin's Creed or Far Cry 3. This feels like it could be the next iteration of that kind of jump for Ubisoft. And I think Star Wars is the perfect franchise to do it with. Yeah, um, taking all those things they've learned from those games, right? Apply yeah. them to this and license and an IP people really care about. But also not do it in a way that burns you out and it's just another tower. Yeah. It's just another thing. I want to take that one step further of this being inspired for Ubisoft. I think yeah. it's inspired for Star Wars. Like, seeing mm-hmm. something that's new in Star Wars is really, really sure. exciting. Like, I feel like uh, we've gotten a lot of stuff, and, like, there's moments, uh, and me and Barrett both know, like, there's a lot of new, cool Star Wars stuff out there uh, in, in little blips here and there. But, like, we're seeing some here that I'm like, just the graphic stuff, just, like, the looks, like, later we see the quest uh, pop up, and it's, like, the vibe of it feels authentically Star Wars, but also new and fresh, which I think is great. Um, I think that when we look back at this summer season, uh, like, this year's Game Fest and all the different showcases, like, we we just spent the last hour kind of shitting on the presentation of this whole thing, but and and people wanting more gameplay, less CG trailers, this and this and this and all that conversation that we've had forever here at Kind of Funny. I do think that it's very key to show that not everything needs gameplay, but when you do have the stuff and you really do it right and you show it off the right way, you get moments like Spider-Man 2. You get moments like Starfield. You get moments like Star Wars Outlaws. Yep. These Those are the three games yep. of this season, and... I'm proud of Ubisoft for having one of those. I, yeah. I think that that is something that we haven't seen in a long time. And for them to, that menu, that to, to be up there in the same way. And I'm proud of Starfield, of course. Like for Xbox to come oh, through. Bethesda yeah. to be like, yo, we got this stuff. And Insomniac to continue to dominate. I just think that it's really important that as we are we're so critical about all this sure. stuff. Like it's really, really cool that, that those three games like stand out among the rest Barry, can you click back two more uh two frames or so because it was when it looked like they brought up the hud there in the same way me and mike were complimenting the gun being able to switch one back i think maybe when it pops up there on the left side it looks awesome like they're you're picking your destinations as well just in a little in-game menu that pops up i guess when you hit hyperdrive yeah. right it pops up locations you can go to to jump to change cool. destination yeah. that's awesome again mm-hmm. stuff that's not pulling me out i hit the touchpad it loads up the thing i r1 r2 over to where i need to be that's right. I don't like it. It gets disrupted. You have to get the guys off your ass. UI looks great. I love uh, the character. I I loved her tone in it and very, yeah. very playful, but kind of like that. What I've always mentioned, like, just just give me Nathan Drake a million times and I'll be fine with it because I think that that third person character just nailed it so well. Um, I, I'm very excited to play as this character. And um, will I be super surprised if when you walk out and you leave a bar, will I be super surprised if... The trees in the background are maybe animating at two at you know ten yeah. frames a second, like we do. When, yeah, like I won't be super surprised because that shit is really really tough to pull off and very expensive to pull off. Like having the whole world looking as alive and animated in that moment, I I don't expect I, I pretty much expect that to get scaled down a little bit, but I think it's still like a very impressive showing. 
The cutscenes looked incredible too. Yes. Like the in-game yeah. cutscenes, like those to me are always kind of weirdly hit or miss, and I feel like weird things can just set me off. Where I'm like, I don't like the vibe of it. Love the vibe of these. Like I don't know what it is, the lighting, just everything. It, it feels that you brought up the cyberpunk thing. Like mm-hmm. I think that that really kind of sings in in yeah. the cutscenes as well. God, it looks so good. Want to play it? Man, we've had, play it real bad. we've had a great summer showcase season. I'll tell you what. And guys, it's not it's over not yet. Over. We've had some great ones, man. Holy we cow. have so much more. You're going to want to stay hanging out with us all day here live on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We are about to take a little break and eat some lunch, have some fun, while uh, Roger, Joey, and Nick are going to take it over in the lab here they in may the spare be, bedroom. They may be coming back out here. I don't well, think I think the idea is that they're still going to play. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Liza P okay. will be played. Y'all are going to have a great time with that. And then after that, this crew will reunite to do a kind of funny games cast, breaking down everything that we saw and played at Summer Game Fest play days. There's going to be some fun surprises for you guys, I think. Like a lot of positivity that's going to be coming from us from this one. Was Foam Stars actually pretty good? You're going to have to wait to find out. Uh, but we'll be doing that live. And then after that at 4 p.m., we will react live to the Capcom showcase to close out our live reactions to this year's Summer Game Fest. But remember, Summer Game Fest is upon us. You can go to Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest. Shout out to Summer Game Fest and Amazon for partnering with us. Uh, You can discover all the top new and upcoming games. You can buy things that have already come out this year. And also, you can pre-order everything talked about today at Ubisoft Forward. So definitely go check out Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest. Uh, This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. We come at you every single weekday live with the nerdy video game news that you need to know at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow and every single weekday after that. So you're going to want to join that. Join us. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Uh.